the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will not be hosting today's program, but instead Ed Bondarenka will be joining you shortly as the fill-in host. But in the meantime, I am Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team defeated the Maryland Terrapins 79-66 in the quarterfinal round of the Big Ten Conference Tournament yesterday. Wolverines point guard Mike Smith scored 18 points, grabbed five rebounds, stole the ball twice, and dished out 15 assists. Smith received plenty of assistance from Franz Wagner, Eli Brooks, and Sean D. Brown. Wagner and Brooks each tallied 16 points and combined to make 13 field goals and six three-pointers. Brown chipped in with 10 points on four successful shots out of six attempts. Michigan used their size advantage to snag nine offensive rebounds, which they converted into 15 second-chance points. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Ed Bondarenka. Hi, folks. Welcome to Moment of Clarity. And with me is Phil. And Phil is a, Phil is a, a you know, host of the Abolitionist Roundtable. Uh, at nine o'clock in the morning, he's a regular co-host on this show, and and I'm not hosting alone here. I just want to make that clear. Uh, Rick is not with us, and it's just Phil and I. So you know, there's always, you know, but you'll get used to it. <laughs> you'll get used to it. So Phil, you had some stuff you wanted to talk about, so I'm going to let you take the lead right here. Yeah, um, it, it, this is a has been a real hectic month. I did a little bit of changing around on my on my show. Uh, and and went from uh, trying to get as much information out of here because that's what the the Abolitionist Roundtable of Michigan is about is information. And one of the things that I I've seen is that uh, that there seems to be uh, uh, a real just uh, def- definite opinion that that the Republicans. Uh, you know, are bad losers. They 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 are racist, and and uh, in this election particularly. And then what do we see? We see after the election is is awarded to to uh, 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 Joe Biden. What do we see Nancy Pelosi do? Trying to push through some of the most radical stuff that's ever been done. And and if if uh, you ask anybody about the Trump people and the Trump organization, they want to erase everything, all of the good work he done. He did absolutely nothing, and now they're threatening to take away precious rights that have been in this country as a uh, almost an afterthought. People uh, never even thought of uh, you. Taking away people's uh, freedom of uh, of uh, worship, uh, freedom of speech, uh, the Second Amendment. You know these these people are, are are getting ready to get after that. But but I, uh, the worst part of it is 
they've already taken advantage of the Constitution by using illegal tactics to change election laws in violation of the uh, the uh, Constitution. And then they, uh, they, they cheated in the election. And if you say that they, they uh, cheated, the Democrats and their lackeys in the news media will trash you. I mean, just cancel you out. Try to make you the worst person in the world, and for and 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 and, and saying that uh, that there was cheating in the election, they they come at you and talk about having you thrown out of Congress, thrown out of the uh, the Senate, like they they uh, they run petitions talking about. Uh, uh, let's demand that uh, uh, people like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz should be uh, made to resign because they dared to question the the authenticity of the election. But this is oh. the same thing that the Democrats did in 1877, and that's one of the reasons why for years and all the way up until early 70s, 80s, 90s, there was always talk about crossing the aisle and Republicans should uh, 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 compromise. I mean, compromise, compromise. So that made, got my curiosity. I look back at compromise. The worst compromise of all is the Compromise of 1877. And I want to just talk real quickly about that, because that uh, is the thing that set the, the pace for uh, Democrats taking the liberties to call every Republican that disagrees with them a racist. And they are the ones. If You, you, you know, uh, slavery was ended by the Republican Party, Abraham Lincoln and the abolitionists. But after slavery came black codes. And this defined what black people were done, uh, were allowed to do and not to do, and what rights they had. They had absolutely none under the black codes. After the Compromise of 1877, the most egregious portion of that compromise was that Rutherford B. Hayes would be allowed to be president, and James Tilden would uh, would have to go into obscurity as the as the uh, president that lost uh, um, the presidential candidate that lost the closest election up until Al Gore. But what they did was they came in and got this compromise through, and. And, and, and said, okay, let uh, Rutherford B. Hayes be the president. We just want this compromise. The compromise said, you will take the federal troops out of the South. You will not interfere in how the Southern states deal or treat or intermingle or not 
with the uh, former slaves. That's the most important part of it, because Democrats go around calling people racist and, and for, for not saying things or saying things or what. And then they come and tell you that, uh, that their actions are the things that looked out for people, like the civil rights legislation and all of that. But it, it, uh, it shows you that there was just one thing that the Democrats were concerned with, and that was power. And the power was over everybody and keep them locked in their little categories. And what I say is, is that they uh, made us permanent consumers, permanent victims, and permanent underclass. And and we exhibit and uh, we exist in that in that box today. And we probably don't even understand it because the Democrats will sweeten up that box a little bit by offering you taxpayer money to, to, uh, to continue to support them. And we have supported the Democrat Party from the year that uh, we got out of slavery. And up until now, we still uh, support the Democrat Party. And people try to say that there was some turning point, some point in time where the, the, the Democrats and the Republicans switched positions, switched philosophies, where it's not true. We've always voted, and we've always voted for Democrats. And you see it now. So that's the thing that I wanted to say. Phil, well, for one thing, I'm glad you got off the topic of election theft because I'd hate for them to shut us off the air again like they did on my show when Pat <laughs> and I were talking about election theft. And then all of a sudden yeah. we go off the air, you know? And so yeah. I'm glad you got off that topic. Although, you know, you are talking about the Compromise of 1877 that was yeah. based on a contentious election. Who was actually the president of the United States and how was it going to be settled? Now, you said there's a couple things I want to a few things I want to respond to in what you said. One was the Compromise of 1877 pulled federal troops out of the South. And these federal troops were protecting blacks from persecution in the South from the the basically the Democratic Party and the Ku Klux Klan. But there was pressure on the Union Army to pull out of the South so they could actually go protect settlers in the West. So there was also that too. They they moved those troops out West because they couldn't be two places at once. They only had so much money, particularly after a civil war that we, we bought. I'm not excusing what happened at all. Don't get me wrong, but there was something else going on there. But when you talk about blacks voting for Democrats, it's been my understanding that blacks did not vote for Democrats until, until the late 50s early 60s when they started getting um, social benefits out of it, you know, government social benefits, welfare and the like, uh, the the new, not the New Deal. But uh, I've heard two different stories. Once that blacks started voting for Democrats in the 40s and others not until the 60s. And one of the reasons that Martin Luther King was a Republican because no uh, black woman of any respect would vote, uh, I'm sorry, would date a black man who was a Democrat. And then uh, that was a that. little bit earlier, a little bit oh. earlier in the history uh, uh, in the 
in the uh, the turn of the century and 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 into the teens that 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 applied. Okay, and you talk about the big switch, and yes, I've I've had this argument with uh, college professors online before, and they, and they shut up, they went away because I I asked them when was this big switch, and I don't want to go through it right now, but I just listed yeah. from Woodrow Wilson and Birth of a Nation was the big switch, you know, was it after that, or you know, and then just went through all these different racist actions that Democrats took up through the sixties. Well, when well, was this big switch? And to me, the big switch in parties wasn't that the Democrats went all civil rights and the Republicans switched from slavery to, you know, racism. We know that wasn't true. But the big switch was basically in the last election, not the last election, but the 2016 election, when all of a sudden Donald Trump takes the Republican Party from being the party of the elitists and the Democrat Party goes from portraying itself as the party of the little guy to all of a sudden the roles are reversed. There's your big switch where now the Republican Party has become the, the party of the middle class and the little guy trying to make a buck and the Democrats have become the party of the elitists and the corporations. Well, so, the, the thing that, that I say is that the big switch, if there was ever uh, a time, it would have been, probably been under the... Um, the uh, presidency of um, uh, the 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 president after uh, Woodrow Wilson, I think it's Taft, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay, I I he, he ran. I don't a, think there was any big switch. To be honest with yeah. you, I don't think the Republicans were ever the party of racism, and I don't think they are no, to this day. No, no. Uh, only thing I'm saying is that that the historians particularly black historians like Louis Gates, they like to cite the fact that there was a motto by, I think it was uh, Taft, that said that they was running the Lily White uh, Party. They were the Lily White Party, Party of Lily White. And they, and they tried to say that that was a turning point, but that's not true because um, um, the first time that uh, Franklin Roosevelt ran uh, he only got about 5% of the black vote. But when he started giving away uh, the largesse from the Treasury and, um, you know, with the New Deal and all of that, well, a whole lot of people started voting <laughs> Democrat that hadn't, wrote, hadn't voted uh, Democrat. And that's white and black. But, uh, but, uh, but the black tide uh, did start to go with the, uh, with the Roosevelt uh, uh, Giveaways. So, and, yeah. and it's the same thing now. I mean, uh, people are voting for this two thousand uh, dollar uh, stimulus package and, and all of that. But uh, there, there'll be some consequences to be paid for, it, and, and uh, I'm sure. Uh, but um, nobody will care. You know, they'll just look for another way to get some money to people. But that's that's what the Democrat Party is about. Well, folks, feel free to chime in on this. Uh, 734-822-1600. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to find, a, I, I'd never heard of the Lily White movement under the Taft administration, but this was a, a movement that Taft obviously did to gain uh, 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 votes of whites in the South, something that actually Richard Nixon did successfully without alienating the, the blacks in the South. But 
Uh, we have a call from Joe from Wyandotte. Uh, Joe, would you like to join the conversation? Yes, I'd like to chime in on the big switch lie. I'm glad you're talking about it. Dinesh D'Souza does a really good job of dispelling and debunking the myth. And also you can find online Alfonso Rachel has a great video on the big switch myth. Uh, but he, he lists the Southern Democrat racists and then changes from blue to red those that switched. And it was like three people. It was less than 1% that switched parties. There was no big switch. It's just a lie. A lot of blacks did switch to Democrat during FDR and the economic migration from South to jobs in the industrial North and FDR's, uh, I forget what the program was to, you know, to help with relocation to, to give people jobs. It was jobs program thing. It was economics. It had nothing to do with the race. The Democrats definitely are still the party of racism. And Phil has discussed on his show, Abolitionist Roundtable, over and over. There are plenty of examples of that. Exactly right. It, the the thing is that um, that that racism that is being charged and run around all day today is not the same as as the racism of the twenties and the thirties and the turn of the century. Back then, racism was they'd come and drag you out of your house and hang you. That's racism. Yep. For somebody to say that there were some very fine people on both sides. To me, that's not racism. That is just somebody looking for an excuse to paint a guy in a bad, in a bad light. And, and, and that's what the Democrats did. Because and that they was yet no another lie the Trump. Democrats still tell, the Charlottesville lie. Trump did not say neo-Nazis were part of the fine people. He explicitly no. stated, I'm not talking about neo-Nazis or the KKK. He denounced them over and over, but the Democrats still keep lying. And it's the big switch myth was a lie invented by the Democrats to try and absolve Democrat Confederacy racists of their racism and project that onto Republicans. It's just, again, one of the many lies they tell to fool people into voting for them. And and the thing that, uh, the, the reason why I say about this racism stuff is because when they say that the Democrat Party, it, you know, got a better uh, uh, hearing from the black community because of the civil rights movement, you know, the history books don't really explain that the the uh, the civil rights bill that Lyndon Johnson pushed through was the same bill that Eisenhower tried for eight years to get through, and the Democrats filibustered it, led exactly, by Lyndon they Johnson. They teach that history, and they don't want people to know that Abraham Lincoln, the Republican, was the driving force 
behind the freeing of the slaves, and that Abraham Lincoln offered reparations, you know, the 20 acres and the mule thing, and they killed him over it. Yes, the Southern exactly Democrats right. assassinated the Republican who was going to offer reparations to stop reparations, but Democrats today want, even though there are no slogans, no slave owners left alive today, and no one who was a slave then alive today, they want reparations as a race-baiting issue instead. After they assassinated the guy who, when it made sense to give reparations at the time, would have done it. All right, love you, brothers. Take care. God bless. Thanks a lot for your call, Joe. Well, as to Lincoln... To think it was a uh, it was eight nine years ago now the the movie Lincoln by Steven Spielberg came out about Lincoln and uh, and about his battle against slavery and and the Democrats. I mean, I was amazed at this movie by a liberal like Steven Spielberg that pointed out how racist the Democratic Party was, how how slavery was so much a part of their platform, and then. I went to work. I've told this story, I think, on your show before that uh, I went to work and I was talking to this black guy that I knew, a friend of mine. I always say black guy because it's important to the story. He was a friend of mine. And he says, what did you do over the weekend? I says, man, I saw this movie Lincoln. You should see that. You know, it's amazing, you know, how he it tells about his battle against the uh, the uh, Democrats. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, Lincoln was a Republican. He says he was. I thought he was a Democrat. And that's, you know, and that's popular notion that Lincoln must have been a Democrat because he was, you know, for the for the blacks. It's like, wow. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's the bad job by the teachers. Let's get Rob from Livonia on the line uh, before the break. Good. Good uh, afternoon, uh, Rob. To say that. Um, I'm descended from people who fought against the Confederacy. In fact, I have somebody dead at Gettysburg from New York who had worked on the Erie Canal. But the thing that I think, and Dinesh D'Souza, I'm so glad that for he the work he had done, because I did not know that it was Woodrow Wilson that segregated the military and the yes. federal government. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, one other thing he mentions is that Wilson screened the movie Birth of a Nation, which I did not know was actually originally called The Klansman. It was based on two books written by a Mm -hmm. college pal of Woodrow Wilson. And Woodrow Wilson, he he said this, and it's amazing. I don't know how many Democrat voters know this, but, you know, they claim that Donald Trump was a racist. But Donald, uh, excuse me, Woodrow Wilson said this, segregation is not humiliating but a benefit and distinctly to the advantage of colored people themselves. And... That's shocking to me that somebody like that, who praised the Ku Klux Klan, uh, you know, would do stuff like that. And by the way, a lot of people don't know this, but it's thanks to G. Edward Griffin that Taft said he would not sign any kind of a bill like the Federal Reserve Act. So um, J.P. Morgan funded Teddy Roosevelt to run as a third party. And who signed the bill? The Federal Reserve Act. Woodrow Wilson, and the other interesting thing is Edward Mandel House, who his personal advisor wrote the book, Philip Drew, Administrator. It basically describes a communist century, centrally planned economy. Yes. Well, to your point, to your point, uh, the way we got Wilson was by splitting the right-wing ticket, the conservative ticket, 
right? Mm -hmm. By running Roosevelt against, uh, I forget who who else was running in that election, but basically it split the vote just like um, um, what's his that Ross Perot did right. and gave us uh, Bill Clinton. Speaking of Clinton, the movie you were talking about, the Dinesh D'Souza movie, was Hillary's America. That's a uh, the Secret History of the uh, Democratic Party. Excellent movie. Excellent eye-opener. Thanks for bringing that up. Absolutely. Yeah, and one other, a couple other things I want to make before you, you Hang get on off to the break. Was, uh... Hang on after the break. Okay. All right. Uh, you heard the music, folks. We're going to go to a few uh, messages, and uh, we'll be right back after that. More with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering, on Wham! Ed Bondarenka, the fill-in host for today's program, will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I am Derek Stone with another moment on sports. Former Detroit Pistons power forwards Chris Webber and Ben Wallace have been named finalists for induction into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Weber had his best years with the Sacramento Kings, where he was named a one-time All-NBA first team three-time All-NBA second team, and one-time All-NBA third team. Wallace played for the Pistons from 2000 to 2006 and again from 2009 to 2012, where he was named a three-time All-NBA second team, two-time All-NBA third team, five-time NBA All-Defensive first team, and four-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year. He played a huge role in leading Detroit to their third NBA championship in 2004. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Ed Bondarenka. Hi there. And of course, with is my co-host, Paul Stargell. And uh, we were talking to Rob on the phone. I'd like to give Rob an opportunity to conclude his, his comments and observations. So Rob, come back. Uh, yes, yes. The uh, you know I was going back to the... Uh, you know, U.S. Grant actually passed a law that allowed him to use the military against the Ku Klux Klan in 1870. And, uh, you know, there's a gentleman by the name of Michael Massey. I really love this guy. I've never met him. But he wrote an article uh, last, early last year called, Even with Media Help, Democrats Cannot Hide the Racist Past. And he quotes from them what they said about slavery. And interesting, and I think uh, you also mentioned a little earlier that, uh, uh, and actually was surprised it was in the Washington Post last year, but uh, in 1864, the Democratic Party used mail-in ballots to try to defeat Abraham Lincoln for re-election. And uh, a gentleman from New York actually discovered basically an assembly line of filling out the names of dead veterans and people who didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty interesting uh, 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 That can be Googled. That's a true story. It was during during the war. It was uh, something that we allow the military to do is absentee ballot because they're not there. But it was in Massachusetts. There was an election going on, and a gentleman came down to uh, actually oversee that, and he found the fraud that was going on. It became quite scandalous. Thanks for mentioning that. Yes. yes. One, last, one last thing is you hear about the New York Times and the 1619 Project. Um, Raheem Kassam of the National Pulse ran an interesting article pointed out that the owners of the New York Times were supporters of the Confederacy and slave owners. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
Thanks, well, I'm thanks tell so you, much also, for your contribution. It is uh, it is good. This is the kind of thing that you did not get this out of a, out of a book in school, did you? No, sir. And I used to listen to your program on Saturday. Is your yeah. mailing address still good? Could I send you some stuff in the mail? Sure. Uh, send it to the Abolitionist Art of Michigan or Abolitionist Roundtable of Michigan, box post office box. 135, excuse me, and, uh, and uh, that's Garden City, Michigan. Well, I know you're a man of faith, and I always think of that Hosea verse, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and isn't, isn't it so true in America today? Yes, it is, and uh, they are doing everything that they can to bring the, this nonsense into our public schools and, and, and uh, indoctrinate our children, and uh, I think that one of the biggest things uh, that mistakes that was made during this pandemic is that we didn't take advantage of the uh, uh, the ability to have the money follow the kid and take the kids out of these public schools and start up our own schools well, you know so uh, it's uh, it is it is it is a crime that uh, that this knowledge is laying everywhere and all you got to do is just google in there and asked about things like the black codes and the in the uh, uh, Jim Crow laws and who put them in and and why were they there? Oh, so can I add uh, one, that's can not I add one thing. Can I add one thing to to, to yeah. that? Um, William Fetter, historian, uh, he did a, it's called uh, American Minute, and uh, I have it. It's a really good book, but um, he pointed out that. The freed blacks were making great advances after the Civil War, mm-hmm. but the, the Democrats didn't like it. And he quoted, and this is all before political correctness, he quoted the, and I actually admired Booker T. Washington. I read his book. I admired him. I'm not a person of color, but I admired him. But the president of Harvard University in 1906 said this. He said, by 1905, Tuskegee Institute had produced more self-made millionaires than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton universities combined. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard that. Ron, thanks for calling. Thanks yes. for calling. I'd like to point out a couple things here. One, as you mentioned, William Federer, he's going to be my guest on Your American Heritage next Saturday. So stay tuned. And yes, then sir. you mentioned the 1619 Project. And we talked to a guy named Peter Wood, who headed up the, who is heading up with the National Association of Scholars, the 1620 Project. And that's a very interesting, Google's 1620 Project, quite an eye-opener as a response to the 1619 Project. So yes, thanks well, for calling. Uh, one, one, one other thing, uh, David Horowitz wrote an article called the Hate America Project on his website, and that's worth reading too. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. All right, we're gonna move on to Gary from Tucson, Arizona, formerly of Hazel Park. Gary. Hey, Ed, how you doing, Phil? Um, Good. You know, the uh, Democrats have mastered the uh, ability, the skill of misinformation. Like the big switch that you were talking about is one of the first or one of the most prominent when they've convinced many, many people, millions of people, that something is that isn't. And they've done this uh, prolifically now. Like one of the things Pat was saying earlier, uh, last hour, was that it's traditional to destroy a culture with bombs and men and arms. Uh, you saw it with Carthage back with Rome. You saw it with Tibet and China. You saw it even here in America with the uh, 
Aztecs getting wiped out by the conquistadors or in America proper when uh, we took out Antebellum. We did it by force. Well, now the Democrats who control the media and the message so much, they can kick out pillars of our civilization on a on an average Saturday afternoon just by passing legislation now. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, we are being destroyed from within by elected officials or semi-elected officials mm-hmm. who think that they have the authority and the power and they have the wherewithal to literally destroy our civilization one chunk at a time. And they're succeeding. And that has all to do with the misinformation, disinformation, and the amount of information that's available. Centuries ago, or even hundreds, a couple hundred years ago, centuries, the average person knew nothing. They knew the Bible. They read a few other books here and there. But it was the United States of America that instituted um, education for everybody so that people would know what their government does what it's supposed to do, and how it's supposed to function. Well, the Democrats came in with the uh, Frankfurt and John Dewey and screwed all that up, so they're using our own systems against us to literally undermine, destroy our civilization from within. And I can only think of one other time that that happened when uh, Julius Caesar was nominated uh, dictator, and then he decided to become an emperor. But that doesn't mean it hasn't happened before. But it hasn't happened like this, as far as I'm, I know. Yes, uh, that is uh, the 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 whole thing of it. We have got to. Uh, uh, we're in a position now after this last election, but we have got to do some proactive things, and uh, and if nothing else, we need to make sure that these laws that. Uh, that uh, Nancy Pelosi is trying to start like this uh, 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 voting reform law. I mean, and that's nationalizing the uh, the elections and taking away the power from the states. And, and you see what happened in this election. That ought to have everybody uh, just running and screaming to try to get these uh, people out of there before they can do any more damage to the Constitution. Well, that's right. And and what they're doing is is ultimately unconstitutional. They have no authority Mm -hmm. to do what they're doing. They're usurpers. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Gary. And uh, I'll give you something to think about. Thanks a lot. uh, And take it back to uh, Phoenix. I've said uh, on many occasions that the Democrats use different things to find loopholes around the Constitution. And nothing has been more lucrative in that search than civil rights. They, because they use civil rights. That was civil rights for white Democrats with the black codes and the Jim Crow laws. Once they people got to understand that they they were being really oppressive, and that wouldn't fly in this country. Uh, proof of that was Black Sunday. Uh, uh, when uh, when when they hit um, John Lewis in the head, and the whole world re- responded, that's when they said, "Well, we'll give civil rights to this particular group," and well, that was civil rights for black people. Special and, rights, and of course, that that was under Johnson, but it it was with a Republican Congress. 
and the, yeah. the Democratic congressman would not support that. Would not support it. Exactly yeah. right. And that ought to tell everybody it. something when they say things like, uh, well, I'm a Democrat because of the civil rights era. If the, that, the benefit went directly to the Democrat Party. For, for no because Johnson, rights. because of Johnson being the president, and he saw the political uh, benefit of doing that when he said these certain people are getting uppity. We need to give them just enough. I'll give those <clears throat> certain people voting yeah. Democrat yeah. for the next hundred years, right? Yeah. Two hundred years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, let's let's see what Rick from Pinkney has to say. Okay. Yeah. Hello, can you hear me? I can now. Hi. Okay, thank you. Yes, I, I think what a, a lot of people have missed is that a lot of the hatred towards Trump in this election was over his support of Israel. He, even though on a national scale it's not that big a deal, but on the world scale, Israel is always the most important subject on the agenda. And uh, I think these Abrahamic Accords that the Arab nations have signed have signaled to the world that the time to take Israel out is, is now. And uh, also, I want to say, Israel has a organization called Raphael Defense, which you can find on YouTube. And you can see the kind of technology they have, which makes them almost invincible in the world. Thank you. Well, thanks. And, and you know, I got to tell you, when I, when I first heard of the Abrahamic Accords, I wondered where they fit in with end time, you know, what they call eschatology, you know, biblical prophecy, you know, where... Mm. A world leader is going. The, the Antichrist is going to say, "Peace, peace." Mm -hmm. And I don't believe Donald Trump, by any means, is the Antichrist. But I thought it kind of interesting was is that setting the stage for the Antichrist down the road when when everybody says, "Peace, peace." But you know, when you had the the Democratic establishment saying, "Oh, we can never have peace with Israel and and its Middle Eastern neighbors until there's a two-state solution in place mm -hmm. and until we do something for the Palestinians." And then the next thing you know, Donald Trump breaks the walls and says, "No, no, watch, watch what we're going to do." And he I mean, the guy should have gotten the Nobel <laughs> prizes, peace yes. prizes. Well, yes. I think he was nominated at least 3 times. <laughs> <laughs> this this time around, you know, Obama gets it for doing nothing, and Donald Trump's literally bringing peace to the Middle East and not starting any wars there for four yeah. years. And, I mean, and, this, and getting peace, really, I mean, getting peaceful coexistence and cooperation. Yeah. Absolutely historic. And it's just like, of course, the media goes, that racist Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the guy with I, the Jewish son-in-law, right? So that's uh, I, th that's why it was so important that they not let this man have another four years. Who knows what he would have accomplished in four in four more years? But man, they pulled out all of the stops, and that's how come we have got to be alert because they're they're getting ready to come after your guns, and uh, they've already interrupted your your freedom to worship freely they've already uh, addressed uh they canceled they got to cancel uh uh generation here where anything you say they have got power over you to stop you from saying it i mean i've never seen anything like this and and we're going along like sheep we gotta be uh focused and get the, uh, th these people 
out of the power positions and get this country back toward our constitution so we can have some way another of fighting uh, another surge like this. So I agree. I, I agree. I love Trump, but I think Raphael defense had more to do with the Arabs coming to the peace table. I really do. <laughs> they, yeah. They, oh, peace through superior <laughs> firepower, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's technology. It's artificial intelligent technology that is unbelievable. I, I mean, people. I don't think people understand the the kind of revolution with artificial intelligence, like SpaceX. You know, they can send a rocket into orbit and then have it land where they want yeah. it to land. I, I mean, that's that's godlike technology. I'm sorry, but it is. It's like perfect. You have to be perfect to do that. You have to have perfect technology. And Israel has a ton of this perfect technology. I'm just telling you. I think the Arabs said, "That's enough. We're gonna we're, we're gonna join <laughs> yeah. with our brothers and make up." That's my opinion. Thank you. Well, thanks. And I think God God works in the background on this stuff too. He uses he raises kings and puts them down. He sets things in motion, and and his hand is typically unseen. Like like in the gospel, it says the wind blows and you don't know where it's coming from. But it's often the hand of God moving on these situations. Phil? I agree. Yeah. Can I give you one biblical quote that I love? In, in, yeah, in yeah. that day, ten men from all the nations of the world will grab hold of the hem of one that is a Jew and say, tell us about your God. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Thank yep. you. Thanks so much for your call. And and so, uh, so folks, really, uh, you know, we're winding down here. But uh, the thing is, we can we can do some things. We can do some things to protect uh, um, the the Constitution until we get to power. To first among them, in my estimation, is that uh, we we have got to uh, 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 try to bring that coalition that idea back. That started with with the Tea Party because the 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 uh, the Republican Party uh, actually allowed the Democrats to just trash the people that were in the Tea Party, and a lot, I think a lot of them went underground and said, you know what, it's not even worth it, you know, to be called all of these names and uh, nobody really defend them, because it, 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 then you had uh, I got. Uh, uh, articles by uh, on uh, the uh, uh, what is what is that organization the uh, uh, but uh, oh the, oh I'd love to help you out yeah this uh, <laughs> it it uh, it just went out of my mind that quick but they 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 uh, they actually ran against people that had a lot of Tea Party support. They they funded uh, the opponents of of, uh, of uh, Republicans that were running, uh, and 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 uh, and got them unelected. And then we and then we see well, things you think like it's the Lincoln Project. Well, the Lincoln Project was one, but the uh, the. Um, oh my goodness! Well, we know that we know that. You know, the, the, we got swamp creatures. We got people yeah. uh, like Cheney, you know, who voted for uh, against Trump of all things. You know, we have uh, my goodness, yeah. I don't even know why uh, Upton Ch is Chamber still Congress. in Congress. You know, I mean, after what he's 
he's pulled uh, against conservatives. How, how is he still a Republican? I don't understand. Yeah, and 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 we have so much uh, of that going on, and and everybody should have the ability to vote who for who they want. But at the same time, I mean, if you're going to uh, oppose, have inner conference of opposition to a, 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 a politician, especially at that high level, you really ought to have something tangible to to point to instead of this. Well, I think he's a racist. Well, I don't think he likes women. I mean, you know, uh, he's a he's a he's a, 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 a chauvinist and all of that. And 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 then when it comes up, they start to campaign, and then they they start saying things like, "Well, he's 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 against uh, the, uh, the the minorities. He's against this. He's against that." Well, who would who would want to? vote for somebody like that at that high position. And there's a lot of people that if they aren't, uh, if they're not careful and if they're not observant, they can just take this stuff at face value and start to really form bad opinions about people uh, on on, uh, stuff that is not really uh, what they say it is. Just like racism. It's way overblown. And, well, exactly. And, and unfortunately, it's being used It's being racism is being weaponized. You know, that's, that's well, yes, exactly. But right now, even more so than ever, with critical race theory and yeah. all these uh, classes and uh, the fact that if you say anything, all of a sudden you're a right wing extremist because you were a mm-hmm. Trump supporter in Washington, D.C. And now you got the full force of the FBI and the U.S. military coming down on you. There's a a purge in the military of people who might be racist because they were Donald Trump supporters. They're not going to advance in their in the officer ranks, that's for sure. And they may get passed over in the enlisted enlisted promotions too, because you know somebody's going to find something that they posted on Facebook that that was conservative, that was pro-America, that was anti-leftist, anti-democrat. And now we've yeah. got a guy who's the uh, the the uh, oh my goodness, the def- defense. I say defense minister as if we were in England, you know, secretary of defense, you know, this this guy, oh, he's a black general. Great. He's a racist black general. You can't be black and racist. What am I thinking? Yeah. And so, but it's it's having a a disagreement on, on a position or a political position and turning it into the worst uh, uh, reason that um, you know that a person would have for doing something, and that's not the case. Just because I, if if you uh, pass a, a law that says uh, we're going to give money to uh, black folks, and you say, well, man, that's going to be hard on the budget. You know, we ought to we ought to be a little bit more conservative. They they say that you 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 did that because you don't like black people. Well, how did that get in there? How did that? That happened, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it got you know, in there because it was useful to shove in there to divide, to to conquer and divide. You know, and, and that divide. and that's what they do uh, on a regular basis. They put legislation out there, and just like the civil rights legislation that they do. You remember when George Bush tried to get uh, the uh, Black Caucus to sign on to uh, uh, making this a permanent law, making it a law where it didn't have to be renewed every 
four or five years or something like that. They didn't want it. No, we wanted we wanted as an issue, you know. Yeah. And, and so they and can get elected on it, yeah. right? So they can get elected on it. I, I to back to your civil rights thing. I that's a real mixed bag because the the blacks in the '60s basically needed protection against the segregationists in the South, and particularly against those who would when it came to a federal institution, if they wanted to go to the post office, if they wanted to use any, you know, visit the IRS or whatever, any federal agency, there should have been no racist uh, connotations in those uh, transactions. But to actually tell a business who they can or cannot do a business transaction with is exactly how we got to the uh, master cake baker in, in yeah. Colorado. You know, exactly. that's exactly how we got there to this day. And it's wrong. Yes, it is. And that is what it is. I mean, but for political reasons, people are using uh, power that, that that they shouldn't. And All thanks right. a lot. That's the end of the show, huh? Went yeah, fast. folks. See you next week. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio 